Welcome to our very first live Q&A of Dads in the Crypt. My name is Jason, and I'm here with my co-host Mondo, and we have the amazing William Sadler. Yeah. And the crowd goes wild. Um, again, this is our first live Q&A, so it's all a little bit experimental on our side, but we have our chat open. Please go ahead and put in questions about um, any topics you want to talk about. Um, we, uh, we've got some uh, topics we were gonna hit on. Um, we even have some music that William has prepared that we're gonna be playing in a little bit. And we might even have a surprise dropping guest or two uh, later on in the show. <laughs> Unfortunately, uh, Jody's got a uh, sick kid at home, so he may or may not be able to make it. But until then, uh, let's do a get well to Tyler, or Taylor. Uh, hope you feel better and lay off all those hot dogs. Uh, all right, so let's start off with some questions. We've got them rolling in. So, Mondo, hit us. All righty. Um, our Swedish friend here has, has a laundry list of questions, which is totally cool. Um, he asks, do you own a copy of the Crashdown menu from Roswell? I don't. <laughs> I don't. I think I have the little bell that you that you you press, and, you're, and it rings like when the, you know, when the short order cook would say the, your lunch is ready, it go ding. But no, I don't have a menu. I'm not familiar with Roswell, so what was your character? Um, I played Sheriff Valenti, Jim okay. Valenti, for three years on a, a show called Roswell um, mm. on the WB. And it was great fun. It was teenagers in love, <laughs> Max and Liz, and, um, and I was sort of... I, I, I was sort of the biggest problem that they're aliens. I should, I should mm. point out they're aliens in Roswell, New Mexico that were somehow connected to that crash and they're growing up and going to high school and uh, falling in love and trying to dodge the police and the FBI and everybody else. And, uh, and it's also this sort of great Romeo and Juliet story because he, He's an alien and he falls in love with an earthling. And there's no way on there's no way on any planet that that's gonna work. But they're but they're star-crossed lovers. And it was a great show. It was it was really fun to do for three years. Great. Mondo, are we recording? Should I record this? I click record on the Zoom too. Yeah. Yeah, you should, okay. you should definitely you should definitely do that because I definitely recording didn't hit record, in progress. So, so anybody okay. anybody's gonna hear this on um, the the podcast later, you're gonna miss the first question and it was a doozy. But, oh, uh, that's all right. Know. I think we can probably pull it from YouTube as well. Yeah, yeah, it's but, just, it's totally fine. It's totally fine. Um, uh, um, Madiak also asks, "Have you heard of Brendan and uh, I'm, I'm gonna butcher this name? I think it's Mahandra." Uh, yeah, their new TV show called Baron and Toluca. It's considered yeah. a spiritual successor to Roswell. It's a, I've heard of it. I haven't. Um, 
I haven't seen any of it. I don't know that it's even out yet. Um, but I heard that they were going ahead with it. That was one of the romantic um, pairings in the series. Roswell was um, uh, Baron and Deluca. That was uh, so. Yeah, yeah. I'm glad. And it's funny too because we the show was canceled and people went crazy. People have been people have been. Um, saying, you know, when, you know, can they please bring it back? Can they please bring it back? Is there any way to bring it back? And, and they, and in fact, they started another series about Roswell, like the new Roswell, um, which I don't know whether it's still on or not. I watched one or two episodes of it. Um, but, um, but it's funny. People fell in love with the, people fell in love with those people and they wouldn't let go. They really wouldn't let go. That would they? It became this thing, you know. This this search for the rest of their lives. They wrote fan fictions. They wrote, you know, and uh, so it doesn't surprise me that Brendan and Mahandra have <laughs> have gotten back together to make a to make a new show about their relationship because there was this built-in audience for the last twenty-five years or something, whatever it's been. Nice. And then he follows it up with another question saying, uh, do you believe that there are aliens out there? Yeah. I do. Me too. Me too. I do. There, yeah. there are way, way too many planets, too many stars, mm-hmm. billions and billions and billions of stars, and some of them have livable planets around them with water or whatever it requires. And so I'm there. there's more than likely we the the chances that we're the only yeah place in the universe that this happened um seems truly ridiculous that seems so such a remote possibility it's much more likely that the same chemistry occurred the same you know however many light years away yeah i mean if but if it happened here it can happen you know there's Mm -hmm. no reason it couldn't happen on other planets Right, yeah. If the universe is, is infinite and time is infinite, then yeah, it'd be stupid to think that there's also, nothing else. I don't think, and have you watched the, any of the pictures coming back from the James Webb telescope? Yeah, that's this a new, new one. This, that, oh my goodness. Yeah. They're like, I'm a nerd. I'm a space nerd. <laughs> nice. And um, but anyway, th- that's an extraordinary thing, and you should follow it. You can go on YouTube, and after you're done watching this, you can go and <laughs> check out the new. <laughs> James Webb telescope uh, photographs are just stunning. They're stunning. They're pic- pictures of galaxies that are, you know, 250 million light years away, just, you know, close to the beginning of the universe, close to the Big Bang. Do I believe that aliens have visited us? No. Was that, that was probably that, that, that's the other follow up? Yeah, I'm sure yeah. that was the other half of his question. There are, I'm sure, there are aliens out there, and why they would come here and visit this planet, I haven't, I don't think so. Yeah, because that's the other flip side again. If the universe is infinite, you know, everything's gonna be so spaced out, <laughs> why come here? Yeah, yeah, maybe for the music. Or yeah, there maybe. you go. Great movies, maybe. great movies. 
<laughs> we, we, we fight a lot, though, and maybe they don't want We conflict. just, I know, <laughs> yeah. I know. And apparently we're going to screw things up and burn out anyway, like a fungus on a on an orange. <laughs> well, on that. Yeah, that, no. <laughs> Mondo. What's the next question? What's the next uh, question, Mondo? All righty. This is Steven uh, Seagal one. That looks good. Uh, yeah, he uh, just uh, our friend from Sweden also says, have you heard any music from Sweden? No. no. I don't think. Was ABBA from Sweden? I think so, yes. I think that's... Uh, I think that, may be, that may be the only Swedish music I've heard. Uh, I'll if, just, they, if they came from Sweden. And they uh, were great, too, by the way. I love their video, the one where they're puppets. Yeah, the, oh, I don't even remember. I, I, I like... Uh, Sweden makes some good metal. I'll give you guys that. You guys make some great metal out there. <laughs> Oh, who, else, there, who else has got questions? Um, um, uh, we have a, a TM McWalto asks, uh, having had the privilege of acting opposite master thespian Steven Seagal, could you grace us? <laughs> <laughs> could you grace us with uh, some stories of your time with him? Steven, you big glute. Um, he was a... I guess I caught, I guess I caught Stephen. I did, I think, the second movie that he did. The first one was Above the Law or something. His movies always had three words in them. It was like, Above right. the Law, Hard to Kill. Yeah, Hard to Kill, yeah. Um, it was actually, the movie I did was called Seven Years Storm, which I thought was a cooler name myself because he plays... Uh, a, a man named Storm who is in a coma for seven years and then comes back to revenge his, I, I killed his family. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> as you do. <laughs> as one does. Let's see. Stephen Seagal story. My audition for it was fun. At Warner Brothers, I went on the lot and I'm up in this office with Stephen. And it's just the two of us sitting opposite one another over a coffee table and um, reading a scene where um, he gets the drop on, I play the Senator Vernon Trent and uh, he gets the drop on me and says something like, you know, the human reaction time is 0. 0.0 seconds and that's long enough for me to rip out your heart and throw it across the room um, <laughs> um, because I, I, I tell him there's like guns aimed at him and that's why he does it we get to that point in the audition and he jumped across the he actually jumped across the he came across the coffee table grabbed my neck and pushed me against the wall and I was I stayed in care for some reason. I stayed in, I was, you know, I was startled and I was, you know, alarmed, but I stayed in character and I kept the scene going. And then the scene was of course, full of all of that stuff. And then I, and that's, I'm sure it's why I got the job. Cause if you did that to most actors, they would, what the, what are you doing? Get the fuck off of me. You jackass, you know, but he did, he grabbed me by the neck and, to see it, I think to see what my reaction was, or if I was, you know, such a wimp, I couldn't do it. One other 
I have I have so many Steven Seagal stories. That one movie, we were shooting a, a scene at the at the L.A. Zoo, and we're up along the this moat, and there are chimps. You know, like the camera's here, we're here up against a fence, and there's a moat, and then the chimps over here. So you can see them <laughs> between us. We're we're in a kind of a fifty-fifty, and. Uh, we're doing, <laughs> we're doing the same. Oh, and he's about six, you know, nine or whatever he, whatever he was. And we're on a hill and he always took the uphill position so that he was way taller. Um, but anyway, we got halfway through the scene and the cameraman yelled, incoming. And we, <laughs> we turned just in time to see the, the chimps at all crapped in their hands <laughs> and threw it. <laughs> threw it and it was raining chimp shit okay. and it was just raining it it's like and we're cleaning off lenses and we're cleaning off costumes and i just thought man everybody's a critic <laughs> but that's a true that's a true story that's an absolutely true story i may have exaggerated how much poop flew but Poop flew. Uh, any poop flying is too much poop flying. Like, <laughs> yeah, any amount. And he, you never want to hear the cameraman say, incoming! <laughs> and then they duck. Like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> what is it, birds? Was it... Anyway. There you go. What's the next question? Um, next question is just uh, an easy question to answer. Uh, NC, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to butcher his last name. Uh, uh, Rauhala. Um, he says, happy to see you. Greetings intercontinentally. Uh, shall we hear some music today? Uh, and the answer is going to be yes. Yes. We'll, we'll definitely yes, we, we will. I've been writing songs for a long time. And these gentlemen were kind enough to offer to play a couple of them. Yeah, let's talk. Or let's, one, of, uh, or one of them anyway. Let's dive into that. So what was your, what's your inspiration to uh, become a music creator? So obviously you played for a long time. I've been playing since I was a little kid. My dad taught me the ukulele. I had a tenor ukulele and he had a, or I had a soprano ukulele. He had a baritone ukulele mm -hmm. and we would do duets <laughs> when I was really little, like seven, eight. And then he got a guitar and I got a banjo and we kept playing. And then the folk music, thing happened and hootenannies and the Smothers Brothers and um, and then rock and roll. Um, so I've been and I was in a garage band uh, back in Buffalo called the the Night Riders. K-N-I-G-H-T-R-Y-D-E-R-S. Um, and cool as hell. We used to win the Battle of Battle of the Bands. We just did covers. We did, you know, like we did all Stone songs and early Stone songs and things like that. Anything with three chords in it, we could, we clobbered right. really loud. Just crank it up to 11 and, and do Louis Louie, you know, three chords. Um, but it was great. And literally practiced in garages and then went and did sock hops in, in, um, you know, gymnasiums and teen centers. But I started writing, I guess I started writing songs back in the 80s and 90s. And I would do coffee houses. And um, it's always been a, 
I've always had a an instinct for it. I think I've always had a, a it's it makes me happy, and uh, you know, I guess I was inspired by the Roger Millers and the, the people that lean sort of the funnier John Prines. Um, so a, a lot of my songs are humorous, and or they have a nice they have a they have a humorous bent to them. Some of them are romantic. Some of them are sweet and you know romantic but a lot of them are kind of tongue-in-cheek uh look at how silly we humans are <laughs> um so yeah so i started just recently when the pandemic hit i start. i thought i i need to record these things lots of people have heard them i, I started doing these kitchen tapes on youtube william sadler the kitchen tapes and they're they're just really funky versions of some of these songs but and I decided to see if I could make decent ones with people who could really play and, and good recordings. You know what I mean? Yeah, no, so I will play them. We'll, we'll play some a little bit, but they, they sound really, really good. Um, so on them, you, you, you got like a session band, or did you get some friends together? I have friends. That, um, yeah, I have a there's a friend of mine named Steve Kirkman who. Uh, plays guitar and bass, and he's been helping me put it together. Matt Kulowitz was the sound guy for a show I did called um, Our Cartoon President, Stephen yeah. Colbert's show. <laughs> yeah. And I did, which, which, by the way, we won an Emmy for. And uh, But he's been helping me with microphones and setups and trying to get these things to sound as good as they can sound. And... Uh, so anyway, it's it, it's really been a pet project of mine, and I don't want to, I didn't want it to be cheesy, you know. I'm, mm -hmm. I was joking earlier about Bill Sh William Shatner's version of Rocket Man, you know. When he's, there are lots of actors who think they can sing, and I think Leonard Nimoy did it. I mean, there are lots of them out there, but um, well, not, I know some. Not, I. I I don't I I don't want them to come out sounding as cheesy as all that. <laughs> no, I know this is a lot of them. It's my they, own cheese. If it's going right. to be anybody's cheese, it's my cheese. Well, a lot of them do it. Like when when Sharon does his, it sounds like Captain Kirk singing his right. version of the Rocket Man. But when we listen right. to yours, right. it sounds like you, William, saw the person, not as a character. Yeah, uh, yeah. Should we play and one I of them? You know, I have, I have no designs to become a rock star, or you know, but I've always like people like Randy Newman. You know, mm. oh, um, yeah. political science, and you can leave your hat on. And I mean, the, the the genius of those those simple songs that are funny and fantastic, and the sing and the people that can write who can slide back and forth between. You know, they can make you laugh at something by telling you the truth about it. Um, I've just always admired that. So that's what I took my sh I took a shot at it. All right, should we play one of them, Mondo? Yeah, go ahead. We got, we got that teed up? All right, so Mondo, which one are we going to do? Sorry, we'll do the, um, the first one I have queued up is called, uh, uh, actually, I'll, I'll give you the choice. We, we have two different ones. We have Talking to My Baby, and we have Cups of Coffee. Uh, 29 Cups of Coffee, 29 actually. Cups of Coffee. <laughs> um. okay, so this will be the uh, the world galactic premiere of 29 Cups of Coffee. Uh, sure, that's a, that's a great one to start with. That's sort of a retro 1950s 
Elvis Presley had had 29 cups of coffee. Hit it, boys. Coffee at the Parkview Diner. I've been waiting all day, waiting all night, and the girl ain't got here yet. She ain't got here yet. She ain't got here yet. I wish she'd heard. I'm starting to worry. The girl ain't got here yet. She told me that she'd meet me tomorrow at the party last night where we met. And she was looking so good, I thought maybe we could, but the girl ain't got here yet. She ain't got here yet. She ain't got here yet Something is wrong, this is taking too long And the girl ain't got here yet She told me when she gave me her number That she was looking for a cat like me Well now I'm beginning to wonder Well just baby in the world could she be Called her at a quarter to seven I called her at a quarter to ten I called her once more at a quarter to four I keep calling her again and again and again Not yet she ain't got here yet. I keep calling the phone, ain't nobody home, and the girl ain't got here yet. I won't know what. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's what I say. Waitress is making me nervous. I think she wants me to leave. She keeps filling my cup, I keep drinking it up And I'm shaking like you wouldn't believe Maybe my baby got grounded Maybe she got caught out of town Whatever it was, it doesn't matter because I'm gonna keep you hanging around, round, round Not yet She ain't got here yet I'm gonna stay right here if it takes all year Cause the girl ain't got here yet No, no She ain't got here yet Well, we hope everyone enjoyed that. Um, we have got some comments in the chat that they were enjoying it as well. So what was the inspiration behind the song? <laughs> um, I, I'm a, well, I'm a, co- I, I'm a coffee addict. I love coffee, mm-hmm. as, you, as you could probably tell. But, <clears throat> but there comes a point. There's a, you have to know how to, how to control it. And I just thought it would be funny. Um, somebody who's sitting in it he's been stood up i know he's uh by this girl that he met the night before and he's waiting in the diner and they keep filling and they keep filling his cup and he's just going crazy mm-hmm. waiting for this girl and it just seemed like a funny notion and i've always and i i also like that sort of retro um um you know the uh scotty moore guitar you know the Mm-hmm. the elvis i love the guys that sing the guys that stand behind elvis and sing you know don't be cruel to a heart that's true and uh so we got that we got some of that going as well it was it was just a fun rock and you know 
um, kind of a rockin' thing. Mm-hmm. I don't do a lot of rock and roll. Um, I'm fairly acoustic uh, in my music, but I thought that was a good one to start with. So people liked it. I can't tell. Yeah. So we yeah. got um uh, we got some good comments. Uh, Record uh, deals? Uh, not not yet. <laughs> <laughs> but but we'll try. Uh, 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 I totally want someone from Oh Boy Records to call me. <laughs> Yeah, we, we had uh, we Catherine said literally dancing around my kitchen to twenty nine cups of coffee. It's great. No way. I love your music, Bill. Sweet. <laughs> and sweet. Then, uh, our sweetest friend says Bill and Ted would be so proud. I know it's not the song that would save the universe, but it's close. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna interrupt us for a minute because we have a special guest popping in. Let me admit him. What? Who is it? <laughs> Hello? Uh, he's coming on. You need to get a drum roll sound effect. We need a soundboard. Oh Hello, God. special guest. Can you hear us? I can, but I can't see you for some reason. Can oh, you, you have to me? turn your camera on. It's on. <laughs> it's, I can't. Oh, there we go. Let's get rid of that. I say this was live. <laughs> we should remind people this is live. This is live. It's live. Anything could happen. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> Dude, are you serious? I'm doing, blown bud? away. I'm good, Don. Holy cow. It's been a while. You think? Just a little bit. Just a little, just a little while. You look exactly the same, uh, except with some gray hair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, I know. Look at this. It's I, like, I, I look wow. I am, I am beat up. I had, I was supposed to be in, in, um, I was supposed to be in uh, Seattle this weekend for the Crypticon, and um, right, and had to cancel because of salmonella poisoning. <laughs> Just like, dude, oh, are it, you? Was bad, it was a bad week, but uh, I, I'm I'm now above water, so I feel better. <laughs> you look great, man. You look great. Oh, thank you, thank you. You know, you as of, well. I just got to say to you guys, not only is Bill one of the nicest people I've ever met, met in the business, because he's people, he's such a cool guy as an actor and plays such cool characters and stuff. But uh, anybody who's ever met him or worked with him, and including the fans, will all tell you that he's also just one of the nicest people ever in the business. And uh, <laughs> thank, uh, you. thank you. We had you know met once or twice. First of all, the uh, uh, the man who was death is still maybe my favorite episode of. I death. was going to say that was. Mm-hmm. I believe that was you and I. Were largely responsible for that. Uh, I mean, you had just created that. The well, Crypt no, Keeper, had did, you not? It, 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 totally. It was just you know I had gone down to Kevin Yeager's studio to audition for him, um, <laughs> and he, he was working on the puppet, you know, and uh, right. They, so they gave him the job to also see if he could find an actor to do the voice, and Fantastic. there were all kinds of crazy actors down there trying to audition for it, looking at the, the stupid puns and going, oh my God, this is terrible. But they didn't get it, you know. Um, right, right. I, I started doing that voice with Kevin and Kevin was like, oh, 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 <laughs> like that's it, that's it. 
that's it. And we were cr- cracking up and he had me doing it for Joel uh, Silver and Dick Donner and in that, I don't know if Excellent. you remember, they had that little trail. Walter and Walter Hill, I bet. Walter Hill. That episode's just so cool with Ry Cooter doing the music to it and the way you talk to the camera. Just so felt right for that show. Um, you know, I mean, mo- three of those original episodes were great. I've, that one. I've told this story before, but Karen Ray did the casting for that. And she had, they had me in to read for the cop at the end who comes in and says, Mr. Talbot, you have the right to remain silent. Anything you say, can it? And then they fade out, right? And I did. I read for it. I did that. And then uh, she said, thank you. And I said, what's up with the role of Talbot, right? the executioner? And she said, oh, they, they, uh, they want a name. They're looking for a name. There's like John Malkovich or, you know, um, someone like that. And uh, I went, ah, okay. Well, thanks. And I, and I left. I left the office and I'm walking across the parking lot outside of Joel Silver's office. She stuck her head out the window of the office and said, Bill, come back here. She handed me the sides for one of the speeches that he does uh, into the camera. She said, come back on Monday, I'll put you on tape. But slick your, you should slick your hair back and you know, black out your teeth or something because you're, you're too, you're too cute. <laughs> I, you know, it's always like dumb and cute. <laughs> um, but I had done monologues. I want, I, in New York on stage, I had, I did a 45 minute monologue and won an OB for it. So doing monologues um, was, that was like in my wheelhouse. So I came back in and I, with my hair slicked back and I lit a cigarette and I started talking to the lens about, you know, killed her big as hell. I like electricity. It's clean, you know, that whole, that whole thing. And I, and I guess they showed it to Walter and they showed it to, you know, Joel Silver and it happened, you know, and we shot that, we shot that thing. One of the writers on the show was Frank Darabont. Yeah. Who then asked me to be in the Shawshank Redemption and the Green Mile. That's and amazing. The Mist. Yeah. And I had no idea and that that role of Joel Silver after that, after that episode, Joel Silver asked me to, if uh, I would play the villain in Die Hard 2. Wow. So that, that, that one moment where she said, I like, you know, I said, what's up with the role of Talbot? And she said, okay, we'll give him a shot. And I've always thought that was, I could have walked out and just. That's you know, amazing. That, gone home. I, had no, I didn't know that. Yeah, you know, you know, Bill it's just like that, that one little room. moment just went opened up a million things for me. Yeah. As I think you, it must have. I mean, you you went on to do this for it opened every, up, it opened the door every episode over for my voiceover work. I mean, people had asked me to do voiceover work, and I had been doing a bunch of sitcoms and stuff and stand up comedy and that kind of thing. Yeah, so I was busy, 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 and you know, my agents called me. I was doing another series for HBO called First and Ten. I played the Bulgarian field goal kicker, Zagreb Shkinuski. <laughs> <laughs> and um, 
And they go, oh, we're doing this Tales from the Crypt thing. And I was like, oh, I love that comic book as a kid. I mean, I had these comic books, you know. I mean, it was like mm. a big deal for me. And, you know, and I was like, yeah, I'd love to audition for that. And it, it literally launched my voiceover career, which has kept me working through, you know, into my 60s. I know. You, you feel know? really feel fortunate as hell, you know. <sighs> you have no idea. But, uh, you know, Bill, Bill and I had met briefly. My, my ex-wife was working on, was it Roswell you guys were doing together? Julie Benz? Yeah, I think yeah. that's what it was. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, that, was somewhat, that was somewhat later, I think. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, it was later than that. But then you and I ran into each other at Todd Masters, one of his Halloween parties. Of course, those yeah. great Halloween parties. Right? <laughs> you were dressed up you like... The, the, invitation, the invitation is a box with an ear in it <laughs> this is human ear that's, that's how you got no, no, Todd did all the all the practical effects for for the tales which was extraordinary so, extraordinary yeah. demon night he did all the stuff for you know all the practical effects for demon night which is still you wow. know not only my favorite tales from the crypt thing but, but the, one of my top horror movies right. i mean just hold cool. up so well you know ernest and i do a, but and 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 even todd will uh you know they'll will come in and do um q a's and stuff like that and they'll do screenings of it and it and it gets a huge reaction really huge <laughs> yeah you gotta join us I, I would love to join you i would I love it. i did that for the longest time in my career i just i would do things and then they just drift off into the you know, into the mist behind me. It was like, I, you know, you misplace people. And I think, I don't know, I guess Demon Knight did pretty well in the movie theaters. Oh, and they great. made Bordello of Blood, which you and I worked. <laughs> they brought me back to be the, the mummy. Um, a mummy. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they did like the chopping thing. Or you and I set, you and I were on the set together chopping fingers off or whatever <laughs> um, <laughs> and making up half of this crap. I mean, totally, you know, you know, Gil Adler, who I keep in touch with, you know, from the, you know, who uh, yeah. wrote, directed uh, Bordello of Blood, but also was, you know, the showrunner for the series. Um, he wasn't when you did um, uh, the man who was deaf, but you know, right. they brought him in because they were, they were only going to do those three episodes and call it a day. And Gil had been uh, show running um, Freddy's Nightmares. And Joel was like, you know, well, we need to be able to do it on this kind of budget. We need to get this many pages during the day and blah, blah, blah. And, and Gil was like, so what do we do with the other half of the day? He goes, OK, you're hired. And, you know, the show stayed wow. on for, you know, seven seasons because of because because of, we keep in touch. I, he's up in Vancouver, yeah. with his wife, and, and we do some uh Zooms with he and his wife. We do a little cocktail hour every once in a while. Sweet. He's still working. And Sweet. Yeah. And you do the conventions as well, which I, I haven't you know, done. It's like I used to do more of them, but I haven't since the pandemic. And it's yeah, really slowed me down any. a lot. Yeah. Same here. I haven't done any during the pandemic. And this was the, the one this weekend was supposed to be my first back. And yeah. Uh, and it just, you know, I'm like, the irony. And he got salmonella. The irony of salmonella. <laughs> I think that keeps you who I mean, I was, I was able, I, um, I was making crazy. jokes about it at first saying I had cryptosporosis. I was like, cryptosporosis, you know. <laughs> um, 
which is similar, but uh, I, I hadn't got the labs back, so I didn't really know what it was. But I was like, I'd hear I've been oh. able to avoid getting COVID all this time and wind up with salmonella. Just extraordinary, though, that, you know, that we've been associated with one another. And, and for years, for years and years and years, we've been, you know, bouncing off of each other. And People will be like, well, did you ever think that Tales from the Crypt would be so big, blah, 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 blah. I was like, uh -uh. Well, of course not. It was HBO. HBO wasn't even in there. They didn't know. Yeah, like you said, they were, they did the first three episodes, and then and they were going to, they thought they would release them as a, uh, you know, maybe it would get a theatrical release, and that's it. And um, I don't think, and then if the one that I did was up for an Ace Award. It didn't win it, but Walter was, Walter was Walter Hill was some phenomenal to work with. I had right. I had done almost. I was really really green at film. I'd done a lot of theater, but I and he was so helpful. He was. Um, yeah, I love that episode. Yeah, was so he was great. He would sit. There, he liked the he liked the character that I had come up with to play this guy, and he would sit. I would come in in the morning, and he'd be writing those monologues he he was like changing monologues and writing you know and he'd say bill read this and i'd read it and he'd laugh and 20 minutes later we're shooting it it was like yeah. so it was pretty fresh it was pretty fresh stuff gorilla filmmaking uh, yeah john can I ask you a How question Sure. I'm not going to stay on too long because I, oh, yeah, yeah. I don't want to beat up Bill's time because uh, the fans, uh, you know, tune in to see him and, you know, he's, he deserves oh. it. <laughs> I'm, I'm honored, man. So, I wanted to say, though, you were right, though. You just don't know what's going to land in your career. Everything comes and goes. And like if somebody had said, are you going to be known for horror, which was one of my favorite things as a kid, I, you know, the universal horror monster movies and that kind of thing were my favorite thing. I'd be like, no way. You know, it, but that's the thing that I go to conventions for because that's the thing people. It's, just, it's know, astonishing. It really is. It really is a. It's a remarkable thing. I remember sitting reading Famous Monsters of Filmland, mm. the very first step, the very first uh, uh, magazines when they, the first editions when they came out. I just ate those things. I devoured those images. I love them. Awesome. I'm sorry, you guys had a question, quick question. Yeah, so you're talking about uh, Gil Adler, and I, I was talking to him recently because we, we had him on the show for some stuff oh, to talk about Bordello Blood. And he said that oftentimes one of the questions you get asked the most is who physically played the Crypt Keeper? And he, he said, no, it's a puppet. People wouldn't believe him. They thought, <laughs> he said it was six guys operating a puppet. I know. And they wouldn't believe, like, we couldn't get an actor that small, so... When people find out or people come up to you and ask you, what was it like to be in the Crypt Keeper makeup? Do you ever get that question? Oh, I get, get, that, oh, I get it all the time. Oh, I'm sure. I'm sure. It's like, it was, it was my salad days, you know? I was like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> but uh, no, literally, those guys were amazing because they would come film me because I would pretend to be the Crypt Keeper in the studio when we were recording my voice. And then they mm. could rehearse to it kind of like... Um, oh, they could, they could match the movements yeah. with the puppet yeah, it's like yeah. an early and uh motion so capture good. sadly van snowden who was the lead puppeteer and and worked the head and one of the hands um yeah. you know is uh he he's no longer with us he had cancer a few years back and, and died it was oh. amazing all the puppeteers were amazing mm -hmm. but they they got so good at it that i could we could do interviews where they're interviewing the crypt keeper they're just asking them the questions off the, off the cuff questions 
and you know doing it live and you know the guy with the voice would be just a little behind my lips but you couldn't tell on camera wow and it was you know if you look at the original episodes like the one that you were in they didn't give kevin much budget and he was using pieces of chucky you know because he had made chucky you know to make the crypto out of like chucky eyes you know and wow so the mouth barely moved like this. <laughs> and it got better got better with age more ominously in those episodes <laughs> <laughs> kind of thing yeah that's awesome in the first couple wow. seasons between seasons you see a big jump yeah and what they can do with it yeah but you know i mean they they, they had great writers for that mm-hmm. for that stuff but yeah. i would improvise in the studio while we were recording in the next week you know I just make them laugh. I love a girl who'll give you head and then let you keep it. And I'm like, that'll never make it. Of course, it was in the show. The next. It was, you know, it was in the show the next week. You know, but you were, you were just brilliant. Well, it was HBO. Yes, mm-hmm. and you, Bill, you were just brilliant. Oh, you're brilliant in everything you do. But you were just brilliant in the characters that um, were, were especially given to you through the Tales from the Crypt franchise. And that's just amazing to hear that story. That that long. <laughs> How close, how close we came to things, man. I almost went, I almost got to my car before she stuck her head out the Mm. window and said, Hey, why not? Why not? Yeah. I mean, the life lesson there is it never hurts to ask. If it, if it sucks, I won't even show it to them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. I'm sure that's what she was thinking. No, you were Um, perfect for it too. It was just so, you know, I was probably a lot cheaper than, uh, as well, Everybody was I think <laughs> I'm not mistaken. It was like seventeen hundred bucks for the whole show, or something. Was <laughs> something yeah, like scale that. Plus ten. I did yeah, it the first exactly two something like that on that show myself. You know, it was like just to get double scale, like in the third season or something. They're like, "We're gonna fire you." I was like, "Go ahead, I got a lot of stuff going on, man." I was like, "I don't need, <laughs> you know, I don't need to rip up my vocal cord for scale," you know, but. You know, it, it obviously, yeah, I mean, I never got rich off the show, but, um, you know, now it's an annuity. <laughs> I know. I know. It's great. It's great. I love I love that, like, generations that weren't even born when we made this stuff are finding it and enjoying it, mm-hmm. you know, are getting, a kick, out, are getting a kick out of it all over again. That makes well, me totally. really happy. They always ask me about you. I mean, it's just, uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, we, they didn't believe me when I kept telling them kids are watching this show. They're like, no way. There's no kids watching this show. I was like, yeah, and we should do a kid's version of it. And they were like, nah, it's too scary for them. Um, you know, we could do it. we're going to do a cartoon, and then we're going to do a game show, and then we're going to do a record album. We're going to do the Christmas album. You know, I was like, no, do a live show. Well, they never really needed to because kids were watching it. So, you know, the people that come up to you uh, right. at the conventions and stuff or were right to you. Yeah, no, I snuck in and watched. It was part of their pop culture. It was their, it was like their gateway drug to, to, to <laughs> the horror. Yes. <laughs> it was, you know, it exactly. Exactly. I used, they, I hear all the time. I snuck in and watched it when my parents were out or. Yeah. 
What's great to see you, John. It's great to see you wow. too. Wow, to cut out, and let you guys finish. But Bill, it's so it's always great to see you, and I hope we run into each other soon. And I'm I'm going to mention uh, we'll get on with Gil one time, but I'm going to mention also yeah. uh, Ernest and and uh, Todd the next time they call me to do one of these Demon Nights. I'd love it. I'd fun. love it. That would be so cool. I'd love to have you there. You know. Cool. Thank you, John, so much Thank for coming John. on. Hey, it's my pleasure. Thanks Thank for you. inviting me. Dads from the crit. <laughs> oh. I love it. Never gets old. Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you. Bear, take care. Bye. Oh, wow. what a great man. Dude, what a what a great surprise guest. Yeah. No, he actually I saw I he no liked idea. he liked one of our posts this morning and I messaged him real quick and said, Hey, do you want to come on? So it all happened like in the last hour or two. That's crazy. It, it all just kind of came together. That's crazy. Uh, all right, so we got a lot of questions building up, so let's hit let's yeah. hit some. I, I'm gonna jump, I'm gonna jump around a little bit, and, and this one is kind of yeah, good because please. it's it's really please do it's, rapid fire. Here we go. It's current. Um, can you tell us anything about the uh, upcoming adaptation of Salem's Lot? Um, I know I, I know you can't it. say too much, but what can I you can't tell us? Say too much, but it should be great, and it comes out this summer, I think. Did you uh, and I have watch... to go in and do ADR for it? Oh, you do? Additional oh. additional dialogue recording. Did ADR. you um, watch the miniseries or read the book? I read the book. Mm-hmm. Um, I read the book. That's actually a, a big part of my career has been in okay, Stephen yeah. King. Oh, yeah, that's true. Projects. I mean, Shawshank and the Green Mile and the Mist, um, and 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 now this. So, um, so thank you, Stephen. <laughs> I hope I've I hope I've done you proud. Um, I just like I'm I'm really jazzed about to see it. I have not seen it, but from what I saw of the uh, the setups and the and the way that it was being handled, um, I, th- I think I think it's going to be extraordinary. I think it's going to be a really fun uh, take on that story. Which is one of the scariest things. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm not. It, I, I'm, I'm not a big horror movie guy because I get scared, you know. And then I don't want to go down in the basement and change the light bulb, or you know, like, I, I, my imagination carries me away, and I, and I, I'll stay scared for like a week after I see something like that. But I think this one is. Um, I think this one uh, should be fantastic, just fantastic. And I'm sorry, I can't uh, no, divulge. I can't divulge, <laughs> or they'll hunt me down like a dog in the street. Uh, we don't want that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, that was from Sandra, who also going back to music mm. said that she does miss your songs on YouTube and misses your kitchen music. Oh, Sandra, I can do more. I'm gonna do more, but it'll be better. Because there'll be better recordings, and I won't have a beard unless you like the beard. Now grow uh, it. Back. I mean, <laughs> but we're, we're, we're pro beard here, but yeah, hides, hides, um, my, hides my double chin. <laughs> all righty, yeah, um, men are men are lucky that way. I think when yeah. there's all sorts of there's all sorts of jazz that a beard can take care of. Exactly. Look, look I'm distinguished. <laughs> I'm not old and flabby. <laughs> All right, we got uh, one from Catherine. It says, "Great to see you on here. I had the pleasure of meeting Ed um, 
Solomon, and Alex Winter last month. I just wonder what's your favorite memory from filming Bogus Journey? Oh my goodness. Um, <laughs> the very first, you know, the sequence in the, uh, um, the game sequence mm-hmm. where we oh, yeah. sit and play, we play battleship you and battle- you yeah. ever sank my battleship. Um, that sequence was the very first day on the set. The wow. first scene, the first day of filming for me, I think they had been filming a little bit before, um, and of course, they had done a movie together before, so they they were old friends already. But I was a sort of big question mark, and there was a lot of people were nervous. Again, it was Karen Ray, the casting woman, who cast me as the Reaper. She had me in. I did I did the Czechoslovakian accent was funny, but. She she called me up like three weeks after that audition and said, "Bill, you were, they think you're too young. You got to go to a. I'm going to have you back in. Just go to a Halloween store and get some gray and put it in your hair, and black out your teeth." And and <laughs> I thought, "Oh, that's that'll work. That's going to look really good." So I called Scott Edo the makeup man from Die Hard 2 and told him my situation and he was in town at the time and he said come on over to my house in Marina Del Rey and I'll sit in my kitchen and I'll make you look old and that's what he did he made me look about 70 something um <laughs> believably old and I got in my car and drove to uh the audition did the, did the same audition exactly the same audition with the accent and everything and got the and got the job um, and apparently one of the one of the producers as I was leaving turned to Karen Ray and said you know he looks a lot older in person <laughs> <laughs> but they were nervous about you asked me what my favorite moment was that first day mm-hmm. they were nervous and I was nervous and we had never tried the makeup before we'd never there was no, they hadn't put me on film before. They could still fire me and replace me with Christopher Lloyd or somebody. Um, and after that gaming sequence, that whole, <laughs> it was Colonel Mustard did it in the study with the candlestick. They watched the dailies and I could feel the producers and the director, Peter Hewitt and so on. They'd sort of, <laughs> When we were filming it the first day, everybody was there and they're all watching and they're all like, you know, is this going to work? Is this going to work? And then they watched the dailies and it was like, oh, shit, that's going to work. That's funny. And and from then on, it was like smooth sailing. Was it, I had it. You know what I mean? They could they could trust that I was going to. I had the Reaper down. I love, I love that scene. And they were going to love, and they were going to love it because they weren't sure, you know, Mm -hmm. he's too young. He's too this, he's too that. Is the accent going to work? Is the makeup going to work? They, they had reason to be nervous, you know? I love that scene. And I would never know that because you guys have such good chemistry together in those scenes. Mm -hmm. But, (laughs) (laughs) but it was one of those moments in your career when you're, you know, you're like, you're also going, 
Yeah. <laughs> Rut row. That's really funny is uh, just last week I was talking to my son. He's uh, almost eight. And uh, I was just talking about school. I'm like, so what did you do at school day? He's like, oh, we played Battleship. I'm like, we don't have a copy at home. So I, w- I ran to Target and bought one because I wanted to play. W- I wanted to play with him. And in my head, I could just kept thinking in, <laughs> in your voice, you sunk my Battleship <laughs> every time. Uh, Jason, did you smash them? No. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I hit. You ever sunk my Battleship. I, I, I have a well. Here's a Bill and Ted question uh, for me, actually. Yeah. Um, how was it working with George Carlin? Do you have any good George Carlin oh, stories? Yeah, I forgot about that. I love George. George was George was wonderful on the set. He wasn't. It's funny. I was. I felt really fortunate to see him in a. You know, everyone else in the nation and the world got to see him on Johnny Carson or, you know, Saturday Night Live or whatever. Um, but backstage or waiting to waiting to shoot your scene um he was sort of in my world you know yeah. it's not stand up it's not you know and here he is and he can do his his shtick he's uh, he's got to memorize lines he's got a character to play a costume and so on and he was lovely he was just um we talked about a million things. I gave him a cassette of one of my a cassette of a performance I did of my songs called Live at the Foglifters. It was a coffee house in LA. And uh and then the show we finished filming. I didn't hear from him again and moved I moved back to New York and he was still in LA and like 10 years later in the early morning, I get a phone call. That's George Carlin. I get a phone call here in, in Poughkeepsie from George Carlin. He says, Bill, yeah, listen, I, you know, you remember that cassette you gave me? Um, well, I wore it out. Um, I, I need another one. I need another one. I said, George, that's phenomenal. Thank you. I'm, I'm so happy you like it. And he, he gave me his address and I sent him, I didn't send him a cassette. I sent him a CD by that time. Uh, uh, and he sent me books, his brain droppings and so yeah. on. Signed, you know, he sent me four books signed to me. And, uh, and that was the last hmm. contact that we had. But it was a lo- what a lovely thing. And I, I, there's a part of me that thinks, you know, it was just an excuse to reach out and say hello again. It was a reason to hear someone's voice again, you know, um, yeah. whether, whether he actually wore out my cassette or not is of no importance at all. It was just, it was really lovely to, to hear his voice again after all that time. I didn't realize that he was, you know, uh, that he was sick. There's a, actually a documentary, I think it's on HBO Max, that came out this weekend. Right right now, yeah. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't watched it yet, but I heard uh, they were talking about the radio. It's supposed to be really good. I heard that he did The Tonight Show like 130 times, something amazing. This is like, but, but he, was, he was funny. He was funny backstage. He was funny in his downtime, but he wasn't on, mm-hmm. you know? He was... You know, he'd ask questions and he was, he was curious. Um, he wanted to know all about everything, um, which I, yeah, I remember he was a sweet man, nice man. 
That's a great story. I love yeah. that. I love that story. Uh, and then one last Bill and Ted question. Um, yeah. What was the it. hardest thing about getting back into character uh, to be in Face the Music? Um, she said, aside from having to wear the robes and the heat. <laughs> the robes and the heat was that was massive because we shot because they decided to shoot in New Orleans in the dead oh. of in August. Oh. Um, when we were, we were filming at night outside and it was you know ninety five percent humidity and ninety eight degrees, <clears throat> something like that. It felt like that anyway. There was a team of people with fans that would blow up my blow up my robes every time they yelled cut. But anyway, the hardest part was not um, that wasn't the hardest part. That was everybody had to deal with the heat. But I had developed an alert allergy to makeup Ooh. to um, any makeup, which is weird. I mean, it's for an actor. That's like it was. They were trying to tell me something, you know, be a musician. But they put the makeup on and and it felt all right. And it, the next day I would wake up and my eye, there was huge bags under my eyes mm. and blotches and this and that. And they'd put on some other kind of makeup that kept trying different things. Um, but it, but I kept having a, this horrendous reaction to the makeup. I ended up taking like prednisone and i had to get a doctor involved and so anyway makeup that sounds rough <laughs> yeah, that sounds really yeah, tough so. that sounds rough yeah. uh a uh, question uh it, a movie that i think some of our horror fans probably might not know you're in um what was it like working on uh, rocket man oh one of the coolest shoots i've ever done it was fantastic we shot it at nasa we got to, wow. when we weren't filming, the, the engineers at NASA had us come in. We, there was one weekend we rode in the space shuttle simulator, the flight simulator. <laughs> the vomit with the wraparound computer screens uh. that they train the astronauts in. It's like, and man, they do things like they, they said, they said when an astronaut comes in to start training, he takes, they, they launch they go into orbit, they dock, they undock, and they return and they land. And it all hap and it all goes smooth as can be. And he said, that's the last time everything goes smooth for them. Because there's a whole bank of engineers sitting in another room that say, okay, let's make the let's make the mainframe computer go down. Ready? And go. So and they have to, they have their backup systems for all of these things. So they're in the simulator, the mainframe computer goes down, they have to go to a backup system. Then they have the mainframe computer go down and the oxygen generator go down at the same time. And the team inside has to be able to fix multiple things <laughs> over, you know, mm -hmm. um, they never they throw they just keep throwing problems at them over and over and over again for like six months he said the next time that it all goes perfectly is when they actually launch and <laughs> they go up they dock they come back they land but there's nothing that they can't fix they haven't faced already that's awesome i thought it was amazing i was i just was geeking out i was geeking out 
we got we got some some more Roswell questions in here. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I didn't know that show was uh, had such a cult following. Oh and, and no, it's great as they're talking in the chat how much they yeah. absolutely how much they absolutely love you. Um, they're talking amongst themselves. That's yeah, cool. yeah. Uh, <laughs> um, uh, 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 yeah. Our, our our friend Deborah here says you're still a gorgeous man. <laughs> Thank you, Deborah. <laughs> uh, a, a lot of uh, yeah, yeah. It's like her and Sandra, two big, two big Roswell fans. It's, it's, yeah, they have a huge fan base that that follows all the cast in your careers, which is really cool to hear. Like, uh, sweet. Um. So uh, I, I think this is a Roswell question based on who it's Armando about. Armando Aguilera. Hmm. I, oh, I, I, I go yeah. by I go by Mondo. Um. Uh, yeah, my my dad is from Mexico. I just didn't. Oh, did, oh, I didn't oh, get oh. the. Uh, the oh, attributes. it's you. I thought that was the questioner. Oh, no, that's me. That's me. <laughs> okay. That's me. Um, um, uh, Sandra also asked about a prank that Brendan Fair pulled. Mm. Involving urine. <laughs> <laughs> she, she didn't go that deep, but she goes, it was a great prank uh, that Brendan Fair. Uh, great did. prank. Um, yeah. No, I'm, I'm, <laughs> I don't know how much detail we need to go into. Okay. The customers really enjoyed it. <laughs> um, I think it happened on a dare while in the episode where I was directing. Oh, and that's as much as I'm going to say about it. <laughs> fair, um, fair enough. Somebody, somebody dared him, and uh, there you go. There you go. Next. <laughs> All righty. Um, you brought this up before um, uh, we started recording, but. Uh, Catherine also would like to know uh, any good behind-the-scenes stuff uh, about Freet from your time working on that movie. Ooh. You can uh, show off your shirt. Oh. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> there was... I don't really have any behind-the-scenes stuff on that. We shot it... I mean, I was involved in it for like a day or two or three. Um, my wife and daughter are in it. Ooh. I, th I think there's a petting zoo scene, and they're petting the, <laughs> they're petting the, the animals at the zoo, but n I, I don't really have any. I was in and out so quick. Um, Alex did that one on the. I mean, the budget was, whoa, was it tiny, <laughs> and they had to and they had to shoot very fast. And um, I remember, I love the. I did love the scene though, where the pull the lever and the, all the executives' arms go up at the same time, and uh, Juan Valdez, the <laughs> <laughs> from the island of Santa Flan, patron saint of creamy desserts. Nice, um, Mondo. I got a couple questions from Reddit. I'll jump in for. Cool. Um, this Hit is it. from. Um, User Skeleton Warrior, he sent a couple. Um, so besides Man of Death, have you watched many Tales of the Crypt episodes? And if so, which is your favorite? Besides, uh, besides the, the ones that you were yeah. Um, Do you have any yeah, favorite like episodes? The one that, I like the one that Joey Pants was in, the cat. The cat something about yeah. the, the nine lives, Joey Pantaleon. Dig that cat. Dig that cat. Yeah. Yeah. I love that one. Yeah. And there was one that. Is it the third one in that set? I think that in that, I didn't really, <laughs> I, don't, 
I don't think I subscribed to HBO. I couldn't afford <laughs> HBO when the show was on. Mm-hmm. So uh, even though I was in it, um, so I probably didn't watch any episodes besides the ones that they, those first three, they had a screening of the first three at a mm-hmm. theater. And we all, and I, so I got to watch it. What's his Larry Green did the Santa Claus one? Um, the um, All Through the House with Larry Drake. Larry Drake, excuse yeah. me. Late, the late, amazing Larry oh, Drake. Oh, so good. But those, you know, that's those are the three that I'm familiar with. The rest are. Yeah. It's, I guess it's not like now where they could probably just give everyone a code to uh, log in. Um, then he also asked, uh, do you have any good stories about working with the late, great Dick Miller on, De- on Demon Knight? Dick was wonderful. Dick was, Dick was hysterical. He was, he's one of those guys. It's like, um, he, he, he did the, um, what's it? Who's the, the director who did, um, um, I'm blanking on the name. Who did like the the lowest of the low budget? Roger Corman. Roger Corman, yeah. He did. <laughs> he told a story about playing. He was in a western that Roger. He did. I guess he did a lot of Roger Corman's movies because mm-hmm. he didn't pay anything, and they always needed actors. Um, but he. But in one movie, he played a Native American, and the cowboy that shot the Native American. Oh wow! So he. He he actually got to shoot himself out of a tree or something and fall on the ground. He's a, he was wonderful. He was full of these stories about, you know, low-budget early Hollywood. Um, great guy. Funny man. And while we're, we're talking about Demon Knight actors, uh, what about Billy Zane? Because, you know, he's just, he was just no, he was okay. on the scenery. <laughs> he was chewing the scene. Anyone who, any actor who make a sponge pop out of their mouth in the middle of a scene. Um, It's got my vote. He was brilliant. I thought he was brilliant in that. I I mean, I saw what he had to work with on the page um, as the collector. And, uh, and I just thought he, he had so much, he had so much fun with it, Mm -hmm. you know, that you fell in love with this guy. You know, I, he he brought it to another level. He really did. I thought he was terrific. And that bing dang thing that he does on the outside when he makes the the cowboy hat, yeah, the demons, yeah. Um, the I mean, sponge bit was that in the script, or did he like improvise no, that? No, it's I, probably in the script that said hands are a sponge, or something. You know, mm. <laughs> he just like. <laughs> but there was a but there was a there there was a lot of that and you get you know you get in Ernest Dickerson to his credit and the writers as well where they were open to you know ideas if somebody had a cooler uh, you know in the moment on the mm-hmm. set in the thing something occurs to someone oh 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 what if he does this you know and um, yeah, you know, the, I don't think the sponge popping out of his mouth was in the. I don't think that was in the script. I think he did that. 
Um, yeah, and I thought he was brilliant. And Jada was great. CCH Pounder. Come on. Mm-hmm. Well, Thomas Church. But ca- get that cast together again for Love or Money. Uh-huh. Yeah, we would we, we we would love a Demonite like sequel. If I mean, yeah, like a uh, some some continuation of that story. Other, you know, I'm sure the rights are all tied up with the, because it's a it's a Tales from the Crypt thing. The, uh, the because we shot in a in an abandoned airplane hangar in Sherman Oaks, which I don't know if people know. Um, <laughs> there were pigeons that lived in the rafters. And there was a, there was this thing. They used to have to shoo them away, or, or scare them off, make them fly away, and then yell "Action!" <laughs> we would do the scene <laughs> quick while the pigeons were busy elsewhere, and then they would, you know, they would finally come back to their roosts and start making that. <laughs> and before every take, they were like firing blanks and. <laughs> And they'd all fly away and they got action. So it was full of little ask mm-hmm. someday, ask Ernest Dickerson if he remembers. <laughs> sure. That's crazy. There were, yeah, there were lots of, there were lots of little things like that. Then um, in Bordello, obviously you played the mummy. So was it, was it really tough to get like a mummy suit? Like what was it? What was it like being, being a mummy from an actor's perspective? Mummy. It's a mummy. No, no. What, what is it? It's some wrapping. It's some wrapping paper. Uh, <laughs> no. And it was only one day. I don't yeah. remember it being terribly uncomfortable. You know, there was makeup and then decaying wraps everywhere. Um, I do remember working with John. The two of us were on the set. Um, you know... I was kind of surprised too that they had asked me to to do that because you know I don't have any connection to the mummy, you know. No, well, I, think, I think you're but, such a part. You're obviously such a big part of the uh, the first movie that they wanted to yeah. get you in, however they could, and the wraparound was a good way to shoehorn it. I guess it was it, it was fun to do, but it was like I said, it was just you know it was just one day a mm-hmm. hundred years ago. I don't remember a lot about it. Um, no, some actors, I, I, I believe, uh, like to develop their characters' backstory beyond what's on the paper. So, for mm-hmm. Breaker, did you have, did you like think about like you know what this guy's been through, like come up with any like beyond what's in the movie uh, backstory um, for him in your head? I, I did actually. Um, I, I, yeah, I I tend to do I tend to do that anyway mm-hmm. um, with with all of these characters, I try to, I try to imagine what their life has been like with breaker where he's been alive since world war one. We see in that flashback, you see him in world, he's in the trenches in world war one and he ends up, um, getting the, the tattoo on his hand, getting the, you know, being chosen to be the, to be the, the next, demon knight um and then to be and and then to 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 play someone who's who can't get sick and they can't get old mm-hmm. and they can never rest um 
that was sort of what I was working with. That he's, uh, he's that he would have this sort of thousand yard stare of someone who's who for whom the battle never, the battle just never ends. He can never he can never hang up his guns and and just put his feet up. And he's been and he's been chased by this guy for the last hundred years. Um, and he just can't get old, you know, he can't get sick and he can't get old. And he's watched everybody else in his life pass away, um, while he's had this mission. So when the event comes, when the, when the, the stars start to align on his hand and it's time to, it's a great, I, I mean, it was a fun, it's a fun thing to play with as an actor. You know, it's not, it's not realistic. Um, but it's, but it's fun to imagine and give and bring, if you can bring some of the, you know, bring some of that reality to it. So people come along for the ride when people, people finally understand who he is and what's going on. They say, Oh shit. That's why, that's why he looks like that. That's why he's, that's why he's so nervous and watching and running and so on. Um, they catch up with you, you know, as an audience. Yeah, well, that, I mean, that's what horror and fantasy does, where it takes the unrealistic, good horror and good uh, sci-fi. They take <laughs> yeah, an, exactly. it, it exactly. takes an unrealistic situation, but finds a humanity that we can all relate to. Exactly, exactly, um, exactly. And, and, and if you can, as an actor, if you can find even a piece of something, that grounds it, that they can, that the audience can believe in and hang on to. That I've found they they'll follow you anywhere. You can tell, you can go to Mars, you can go, you can tell a story about demons, you know. But if you if you help them buy into it enough, they'll you know. I've always thought that was sort of that was your job. Um, have you seen the uh, everything everywhere all at once yet? No. What is okay. that? It's it's a movie. It's a couple. It's like a month or two old now, and it's it's this really crazy kind of fantasy, not like medieval fantasy, but just like multiverse and different realities. Just really yeah. crazy movie, but it's all based on like a mother daughter family relationship, and that's like the center of all this crazy stuff happening, and it's all cemented back there. I just watched it last night, and like I don't oh, understand. I haven't seen, I haven't seen it. I don't understand everything, but like I get the human drama in it. But that's a, you know, and I think that you're right. You're you're right. When it, when the stuff is good, you know, mm -hmm. when if you if you can believe Obi Wan Kenobi and Luke Skywalker and that relationship, you'll come along for the ride. You'll believe that there are lightsabers. You know, you can you can accept a lot mm -hmm. um, until you. And, and I've often, and I've also seen movies where, right at the center of the scene, is an actor who I'm not buying. I'm just, I don't get it. I, they were, I don't know. They were hired for some reason because they could bring in an audience or something. But I'm not. They're not connecting. And, and, and you just sort of sit back and go, ah, you know, all right, tell me the story, whatever. But you don't get you don't get sucked in. Uh, speaking of what could possibly be your most human uh, character, 
Um, can you tell us about Stage of Twilight? Oh. Stage of Twilight is a movie. It's a, it's a little independent movie that I did last summer with Karen Allen, who is from the Tra Raiders of the Lost Ark fame and so on. But she's a phenomenal act. She's a really wonderful actress and, and beautiful. And I got to play. <laughs> it's funny. I, there are no demons in it. And there's no vampires. And I don't kill anybody. There's no gunplay. It's just a relationship between these two people. And uh, they've known each other for decades and decades. And things are happening in their lives now that they don't have any control over. Um, and it's, I've never been asked to play those notes on the piano before. Mm -hmm. You know, I've never been asked to play some, a man, just, you know, a man with a, in in a situation like that and i came away from it thinking feeling like i'd gone to oz or something and you know um, it was remarkable it was a really wonderful experience i and it, the movie is out in in festivals now a stage of twilight <laughs> um I, I guess it's looking for a distributor but i i came away from it thinking this is this is some of the best i think this may be the best work i've ever done oh wow because i've never i've never been asked to go to these places and here was a movie that required that you go to those places and and so you know it's like people they don't ask me to be funny uh, in movies and i love it when i get a chance you know i got a chance to do the reaper and he's mm. funny it's like it's like you pull a cork out of a bottle and it's like <laughs> goes all over um but the guy in die hard 2 isn't funny you know um it's not what's required so and for this guy for a stage of twilight he was um he had to be a human you know <laughs> and i just i just came away from it feeling like this might be the best work i've ever done so i hope people get a chance to see it no we're really excited and Karen uh, Allen was great. Mm -hmm. All right. Well, we're getting a little bit late, so we, we want to make sure we play the second song. Amanda, do you have that ready for us? Yep. Give oh. me two seconds. This is uh, Talking to My Baby. Sorry, live recording here. <laughs> That's fine. Just uh, let us know when it starts. I don't care if it rains all day. I wasn't going out anyway. All by myself, but I'm not alone. I'm talking to my baby on the telephone. I dial her number and she says hello And I say, hey babe, what do you know? And I get happy right down to my bones Just talking to my baby on the telephone Now if I was there I'd bring her coffee in her favorite cup 
Secret agent man on a dangerous mission to the Yucatan. I wouldn't care if my cover got blown. I'm talking to my baby on the telephone. Kick your shoes off, girl. This phone call may last a while. Now, if I was in the witness protection plant, being chased by the mob just as hard as they can, I wouldn't care if it was Al Capone. I'm talking to my baby on the telephone. If I was the president, you know what I would do? They said, sir, we got Putin for you on line number two. I'd say, I don't care if you got the Pope in Rome. I'm talking to my baby on the telephone. If I was there, I'd bring her coffee in her favorite cup. We'd stay in bed all day and talk about whatever came up. I know what you're thinking. This guy's over the hill. As long as I can pay that old telephone bill, I'll hang on till the cows come home. Just talking to my baby, talking to my baby, talking to my baby on the tell, the telephone. to my baby on the telephone that's pretty great and, thank you and we have uh comments already in the chat just saying how much you absolutely love that song and um cool uh, cool and, as hell and uh, sandra said they'd love to see you sing with john doe again with jo oh sweet <laughs> i would love that <laughs> well I, i'm just gonna keep writing songs and recording them and i'll put out some more videos i will i promise Scout's honor. Any any um, aspirations to maybe do a, do a tour once the once the record comes out, or once the album comes out? I suppose it's. I I suppose I might. I. It. I have to be careful. I am. I have a. Um, I have some issues that I have to be careful around people that have, um, COVID. Gotcha. And while that while that thing is still out there, um, it's it's kind of particularly dangerous for me. So I've, I've got to be careful, but nothing would make me happier than to get up on stage and sing, uh, you know, 10 of these songs in a row and with my little band behind me. And that would, that's my idea of a brilliant night. It would be so fun. That'd be awesome. And then maybe not something on air we might want to answer, but, um, 
someone was asking, <laughs> it, do you have any place that people can send fan mail to? Um, no, William, if you want, they can email us and I can forward them to another address if you want, just for now. If you, um, wanna, if you don't have something set up already. Yeah, I don't have something. I don't have anything set up already. Um, they can send it to my agent or they can Rachel Sheedy or they could, we could, maybe they could, uh, if they email you, right. I'll, I'll give you an address that you can then give to them or something. We can do that. Okay. Um, so for the people um, watching, have... if you want to send uh, a request to um, dads from the crypt at Gmail, um, I'll talk to uh, William's agent and see what we want to do with those. Requests. Or you can just, or you can email me and we can back and forth and you and I, you and I can email. Yeah. Well, for, we can figure something out. No promises, but um, for now, no promises. <laughs> but don't, for now, uh, get your, you, you can send don't get your hopes there. up. Okay. <laughs> and, and then Deborah did, uh, did, our friend Deborah here did leave a interesting comment saying you should try doing a virtual concert. Which, okay. which, which a lot of bands did during the pandemic, which they'd set up and actually live live broadcast their concert. I'm, I, I think that's, I think that's more likely than me touring around to clubs and things where, um, you know, do a virtual concert. Yeah. Love okay. It. Might be a cool idea. <laughs> <laughs> I would. Okay. I'll do that. I'll do that. I promise. And, and the, the, the album doesn't have a name yet, but it's just, It'll be, I mean, maybe it'll come out under William Sadler, the kitchen tapes. Um, oh, cool. Because uh, most of these were written in my kitchen on my guitar. Love it. Awesome. Um, let's see. Do we have any last questions before we wrap up from the audience? I know they're a few seconds behind us, so uh, go ahead and shoot them in. Mana, do we have anything pending we want to hit on? Um, unless I missed something, and if I did, I sincerely apologize. Um, so we're we're kind of new to this. Um, the the last question was about oh, and our our friend from Sweden also said also asked, have you ever have you ever been to Sweden? No, okay. no, I haven't. <laughs> but, uh, but I'd love to go. I'd uh, love to go. Uh, but on behalf on behalf of all the Swedish people in the world, he did say <laughs> that you are welcome there. <laughs> Thank you. On behalf of me. I'm, I, I accept. I'd be honored. And, and then he did fire in some rapid-fire questions here at the end that we can answer real quick. Okay. Um, uh, All right, did, hit it. Uh, did Tom Hanks ever visit the set of Roswell? No. I don't think so. Tom, I did a, I did a thing called The Pacific um, for oh, HBO, oh, yeah. a, a miniseries called The Pacific that Tom Hanks was one of the producers on. And he came to Australia and visited the set where we were filming but um, yeah, no, I know Tom, and then, and from the Green Mile as well. Oh right, Green Mile, yeah, that's right. And then he also asked, "Would you ever like to join a sitcom?" Okay. <laughs> <laughs> work is work. Uh, and I and, would love to. I would love to do a sitcom. I, I did a sketch comedy show called Assaulted Nuts. Way back in the, <laughs> I think it was on Cinemax. Oh wow! You can you can watch you can watch it on YouTube when you're done watching this. Um, but it was me and Wayne Knight and Emma Thompson. Oh wow! And oh. yeah, it was half English cast and half American cast, and we made fun of each other. 
it was good. But yeah, I would do a sitcom. Of course I would. And that, also, would be fun. that would be fun. He also asks, would you um, uh, like to return to Star Trek ever? Yes. Wrong, I have no. trouble turning. <laughs> I, have ter- if I, I, would, I would. I like that character that I played, the, um, Luther Sloan, director of Section 31. Um, and that was on, was on Deep Space Nine? Deep Space Nine. Okay. No, it was on Deep Space Nine. Yeah, no, I thought that was really well written. It was so it was so tasty. The writing on on that show it made that character really fun to play. Um, kind of an evil, uh, you know, Oliver North character. You know, yeah. you don't you don't really think you won that war by yourselves, do you? <laughs> you know, you don't think that planet just happened to catch some disease that killed everyone. No, it's like sort of that. It's like that kind of evil. But he's but 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 he's fighting for the Federation. He's on the side of the Federation. So he's like, no, I'm working with you guys. You just none of you want to get your hands dirty. Um, it's that kind of thing, you know. Mm-hmm. And then we have a bunch of people in the chat just saying thank you and how much they really enjoyed this and and. and and you're 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 a very well loved man. Um, Says you, thank you. And, uh, <laughs> and then uh, I'll I'll ask the, the last question here, which is the the, the, the deep the, the, the deep question again from our sweetest friend. And he said, considering you're the best Grim Reaper on screen, um, do you believe there's a life after this life? Oof! oof. <laughs> <laughs> I figure a nice easy question to end to end on. <laughs> My goodness, um, there might be. I might keep your fingers crossed. I would do good things in this life, though, because I'm not sure you get a chance to do it again. And I mean, we science nerds believe in in the permanency of energy. I mean, it changes forms, but it never goes away. So send out good energy as much of it as you can. I like that. I love it. Be a good uh, person and see what happens. <laughs> William. Be a good be a good person. See what happens. Yeah, there you go, uh, William. Thank you so so much. This thank was you. a blast. You have always <laughs> been very generous as we were as this podcast was getting started. You know, you were one of our first guests. You <laughs> and John were our first two guests, and that just really kind of you know showed me that people still are willing to put be generous and put time out there. And uh, you know, you've always been very generous generous with us. So. Thank you so much for being an awesome dude. Thank you. And um, everyone in the um, chat is just applauding. And, Yay! Uh, Feel free to come on over and join me on Facebook, William Sadler, The Billboard, it's called. Okay. Um, feel free to come and join me on Facebook or on Twitter. I'm not on Instagram anymore, but I'm on Twitter. Okay. As Wilm, Wilm, WM underscore Sadler. You can't miss me. Cool. And uh, thank you, Mondo, for uh, producing and uh, wearing all the hats. And I tried. Mondo. <laughs> Mondo, my hat's off to you, buddy. Thank you, sir. We appreciate was, you a lot. That was great. That was fun. All right. And we thank all you, right. everyone, uh, for listening. And thank you for listening to Dads from the Crypt. Adios. Take care. <laughs> Follow Dads from the Crypt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, or I will follow you.
to the grave. <laughs> no, seriously, you really should watch. But be careful what you ask for. You may get it. Ha 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 ha.